I think Patrick will prepare. You and I will show up. Preparation, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, just like a normal one. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's worked for five years. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. it all right? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I peaked at that cult episode we did where I was just like the most prepared for it. And I want to bring that back. You did a good job. That was over a year ago. Well, I said I peaked. <laughs> All right, welcome back oh to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff. With me, as always, Pastor David Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And Elise McCarter. Still here. Still pretty successful. And this is an exciting day yeah. for the Beyond Sunday podcast. Five years. Woo! For you guys. Well, uh, well five years for we'll, the podcast. We'll embrace you into the five years. Three for me, though. Okay. Yeah. Not quite to the day, but yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but, anyway. but for the pod itself, five years. Five. Five years of, you know, for We're going to kindergarten. our faithful listeners. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. I told him my son. He's yeah. like four and a half. Older so. than mine, oh. too. Yep. Yeah. We, bo- we both, well, you had no children, and I had one child when we started. Yeah. Now look at us, look at us now. <laughs> look at, look us at now. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Another five years of this. I'm not sure I can keep yep. up. Yep. <laughs> so. well, that is pretty exciting. I, you know, uh, statistically, most podcasts fail within 10 episodes. How like how many is most like ninety percent or I think I I did I did the research early on after yeah. we crossed the ten episode mark and yeah. I think it's it's like pretty high it's, all right okay it's like over eighty percent well fail. go team statistically most podcasts are also trying to make money <laughs> losers <laughs> wait what now you can do that <laughs> theoretically it's possible listen if you're just willing to work for free there's a whole lot more things that you can be quote unquote successful at <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've noticed this. <laughs> <laughs> Look, maybe you know here, five years in, this is the lo- this is the 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 launching point into you know financial stability and success. I keep saying we need merch. I think we need to put out feelers for sure. sponsorship. Sure. Who who would sponsor the Beyond Sunday podcast? Maybe the ELCA. That seems unlikely. <laughs> I don't think you know the ELCA as well as you think you do. No, I, well, I definitely know. I don't know the ELCA as well as I think I do. <laughs> I'm new here. <laughs> I, my, it's my first day. Uh, my new member class consisted at least mostly of a book full of jokes about Martin Luther farting. <laughs> Okay. Well, that's a topic for another time. Yeah. <laughs> Five years, that's what we got. Right. Yeah. That's right. Martin yeah. Luther fart jokes. Why are we not more successful? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because we just talk about Martin Luther farting. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Well, you're welcome. He did have some intestinal things. That was a serious <laughs> problem. I, I know a lot about that. Yeah. yeah. That's what the you do. The liturgy and the You feel Satan <laughs> creeping. You just let out some gas. Yeah. Fart him out. That's a legit Martin Luther thing. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that's what he does. Farting out the devil. Yep. <laughs> I have no further commentary. Yeah. On yeah. <laughs> Happy five years, guys. Yeah. Five years. That's exciting. I brought a bag of potato chips in honor of our five year anniversary. I have an empty bag of potato yeah. chips. That's the best kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they're half empty, that means you know yeah, they're good uh, enough that somebody else already started to eat them. I couldn't think yeah. of anything fun for five years in. So, you know, it is what it is. It's all right. So we still like you. We have a, a live podcast coming. That's that's our that's real right. anniversary. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, coming in December. Live it's like podcast. when you it's like when you take a special trip, but not actually over your anniversary. Yeah, you know, you're like uh, quote in quotes. This is for our anniversary. That's okay, right. <laughs> yes, that's right. this is for it. Sure. Yeah, this yeah. is this counts for the anniversary, right? Yeah, <laughs> so. and your partner's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You just didn't want to spend the money, but I get it. <laughs> well, you did, but you just spent it at a different time. Yeah, you know, 
You could have not done the 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 fun thing yeah. and waited until the anniversary. It's like when Patrick spends money for the youth mission trip, and so it looks like he's over budget, but he's not really. He just spent it in advance, mm-hmm. and then yeah. he'll come back, and you know, it's all yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Fine. exactly, exactly. Sure. All right, um, let's jump into our news. This is from a TikTok trend here. According oh, no. to Forbes, I love it. Yeah, are you are you on TikTok? <laughs> I heard. I don't. Well, I don't want to say what I heard. So, because I don't want to like spoil this. So, yeah. tell us what your TikTok trend is, and then wait. It, hold on. Are you on TikTok? No. Okay. Yeah. Are you? Uh, professionally, I'm on TikTok. What does that mean? <laughs> I know. That's, that's, <laughs> it's a very provocative statement, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm a social media manager, so we oh, have okay. a TikTok, and that's that's the only TikTok I have. It's my okay. work TikTok that I run. We do not have a I TikTok. You were a social media manager. I, You've been confused by this. I, this I, don't, I don't know what's question happening. I've been asked like 15 times. Yes, I'm a social media manager. Okay, good are, for you. Neither our church nor Beyond Sunday has a TikTok. Nope. We have an Instagram. Or Patrick. Yeah. Nor me. Yeah. Do we have an Instagram? Uh, Beyond Sunday does. I thought we Sunday. technically did, but we lost You're, the password. Yeah, probably. That, <laughs> might, that, that might also be true. That's not true. Yeah. yeah. It exists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? This was the thing that I was oh thinking about. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. This is a thing. So let me ask you here, Pastor David. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? You know, surprisingly often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is real for you. <laughs> I've been asking people this. So yeah. I think like in part, week. like the the line of work that I'm in, right? Like sure. Jesus was alive during in the era yeah. of the Roman it's Empire. Kind of right so like, there. Yeah. Pretty much any time I'm preaching a sermon, I could potentially make a connection to the Roman Empire. (laughs) We should probably preface this for people that apparently this is a thing that's going around social media right now that Mm -hmm. the men in your life think about the Roman Empire kind of all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I think about it all the time, but I do think about it a lot. How much is a lot? I mean, at least a couple times a week, it like comes up in like a thought of like, huh. This is the Roman Empire. Like, what was that? We, yeah, yeah. we had a conversation about the Roman Empire in office with, within a week ago yeah. about the armor of God yeah. and why there's no pants. Right. Yeah. No pants. <laughs> because they didn't wear pants. That's why. Because yes. the Roman army did not wear pants. Right. Yeah. So you went, yeah. uh, but they wore skirts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there should be a skirt of God a tunic, in the armor. Yeah. Yeah. A skirt. Or it's probably not a skirt, right? Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know. It's Ooh, a, Christian nationalism would just have a field day with that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so I think, you know, how often do I think about the Roman Empire? Uh, you know, more often than you'd think, right? <laughs> like, I'm not saying like every day. Yeah. But by line of work, it's natural to be like yeah. historical context of what's going on. The Rome, Rome is attached. Rome is going to be attached. Yeah. yeah. And I then, think we're maybe like a biased sample set for sure. this. Maybe. Well, yeah. I, I also will say like personally, like the two like games I play the most are Dungeons and Dragons, which has a lot of fantasy elements, which is going to borrow from Roman, Roman mythology. mythology. Okay. Right, it's yeah. not, it's not like based in Roman mythology. It's more of like, you know, it's, I would say it's mostly like England 1500s ish, right? Like version maybe, of Roman theology. Yeah. So that's the, its main pull, but Roman mythology is in there. Yeah, sure. And then the computer game I play the most is called Civilization, where you're building a civilization, oh. and the most fun part is kind of like that Roman Empire time, where you're building aqueducts and, mm-hmm. and you know the Colosseums and things like that. Yeah. So like that, killing off all of your uh, infidels. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You're, you're fighting the barbarians. Sure, and yeah. like that happens. Expanding your empire like the Romans do. So. 
so it happens, you know. At least how often do you think about the Roman Empire? I don't. Uh, but in, <laughs> in this process of me asking, you know, all of the men in my life this question, <laughs> yeah. I've realized that there's something for everybody, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the best part about the Roman Empire. Like, I asked my spouse, I was like, how much do you think about the Roman Empire? And he was like, not as much as I think about Hitler. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Seems like maybe we should have some <laughs> sure. further conversation about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, it turns out I think about ancient Egypt, like, all the time. Oh, ancient Egypt. Yeah. Okay, that's your that's your that's jam. Ca- that's my Roman Empire. That's your Roman yeah, Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, just a tidbit for everybody for free is yeah. that Cleopatra lived closer to the invention of the microchip than she did to the construction of the Giza pyramids. Well, that is a that is a fascinating fascinating fun fact. Yeah. That yeah. thing went on for forever. They had archaeologists when Cleopatra was alive studying the pyramids. Wow. There you go. Yeah, that's were why. They ca- were they called archaeologists back then? Egyptologists, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. But they, they served that function. Yeah. So like research this really old thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what is it about the Roman Empire? You know, why are we thinking about it so much? I mean, for me it is occupational. I, sure, yeah, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of other yeah. I don't go around like through the streets and just be like, hmm Caesar. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure, yeah. I guess maybe if I see a salad, then yeah, I know. A salad, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or a pizza. Right. A little Caesar uh, uh, little, uh, little Caesar's uh, yeah. pizza. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, it's not like for what quality, it is. I think it's yeah, great. Five dollars. They got a drive-through. Like I you just show up. It's you don't have to order anything. Like, I, I just want a pizza. It meets like, the need. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. You know, the Romans. You know, it's interesting. The, they did a lot of stuff. Army's kind of cool. Their culture's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, like and cool is relative, right? Like they're obviously they're heavily patriarchal. Right. A lot you know, of terrible mm-hmm. things. A lot yes. of terrible yeah. things. Yeah. Enslave their enemies. Sure. All those things. Like, but you, you know, historically they are for the West about as impactful as it gets. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, you know, for for Western culture. So. I mean, I think that's the that's the piece of it, right? If you're really paying attention to the culture in which we live, you can trace a lot of it back to the roman so if mm-hmm. you're just aware of that then like yeah, yeah you walk through and you're like you hear a news report about elections and you're like yep romans and you hear a news report about the government you're like yep romans <laughs> and you hear a news report about plumbing you're, yep romans it's like plumbing. it's <laughs> you know it's all there they got it all there you go. engineering right. yeah po- political <laughs> science history theater the arts yeah they had it all yeah they do there you go well let us know how how often you think about the roman empire do it Send it in, yeah. beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. We mm-hmm. want to hear. Especially if we got uh, any of our female listeners who listen or who think about uh, or breaking trends and thinking about the Roman Empire. I did not ask my wife. Or I, mean, I can guarantee you I know the answer. Is <laughs> Maybe. Which is never. Much, yeah. <laughs> Maybe all the women think about Egypt. Maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I kind of doubt it. But It's like women are from Egypt and men are from Mars. That's the, you <laughs> women know. are from the Roman Empire. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mars is... A Roman god, a Roman god. But do you think maybe the movie Gladiator somehow like affected your psyche on oh, this sure. a little bit? Like, for sure. Dudes were all really so, into that movie. All sorts of cultural things. Have, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Gladiator and Spartacus before mm-hmm. that. Yep. And, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. All those like He-Man like grunty movies. He-Man <laughs> grunty movie. Yeah, I think that's a different type of movie. That yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, let's jump into. I mean, I've seen the He-Man movie, and it's not right. very good. So. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that one's not very grunty, is it? <laughs> it's pretty grunty. I mean, they're 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 like the little action figures, <laughs> big strong dudes, so and like loincloths. Yeah, He-Man wears like a, a cheetah print loincloth, right? It, yeah. He's not wearing a lot. Okay, <laughs> just it's a it's an odd choice for battle. Yeah. You know, <laughs> listen. 
When you got the armor of God, you don't right. need pants. He right? just sat on the skirt of the Lord. <laughs> it's, I'm saying it's a, it's definitely a choice what he's wearing. Skirt of the Lord, which flows like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> but it has pockets. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. the Holy Spirit definitely has pockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we're in Relevant Magazine. For, for you know, we couldn't have a, a five year anniversary <laughs> yeah, without, without Relevant. Friends, relevant. Without yeah. Relevant, Relevant had to be here. That's that's the one guarantee. Yeah, <laughs> more than any of us. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> Article here by Trey Gilmore. Uh, what do we get wrong about evangelism? Mm. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me ask this question. When Trey says what we get wrong about evangelism, is he talking to Lutherans? No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because Lutherans would be like, evangelism? What What is that? It sounds familiar. I mean, we are the evangelical Lutheran church, but that's 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 not what that But we're not meaning like that. (laughs) They're like, is that the thing where we have the beers? Yeah, (laughs) that's it. Kind of. That's trivia night, my dude. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Evangelism for the Lutheran Church is where we're like, mm, if you're not too busy, if you want to, you know, maybe. And that's in our like print advertisement because we're not talking. <laughs> yeah, we're right. not talking to anybody. Absolutely not. That's one of my favorite things about us. <laughs> if you're not too busy, right. you know, it's not, it's, try, it's totally fine if you say no. Yeah, yeah, just want you to know. Right, that. right, yeah. Oh my God, if that's so offensive, like maybe I'll think about believing what you believe. Yeah. <laughs> I'll at least consider it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, okay. So. This is written for more of a evangelical yeah, audience. Yeah, I mean, relevant is is yeah, non denominational. Non denominational. So Baptists event. who drink sometimes, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. yeah, or maybe Baptists with a little more progressive views on women. I would say that. Baptists who dance. Baptists who dance. Yeah, and yeah. potentially drink. And drink. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe not at the same time. It gets messy. <laughs> you All right. Spill your drink, as they mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So we've got. He, We've got some uh, misconceptions here. I think we've got like five or six of these these guys okay. uh, that we can kind of run through. But let, let's just start here. Do you have any experience evangelizing? <laughs> evangelizing or being evangelized? Both. Let's, you know, okay. We can go, go whatever direction you want. Yeah. Elisa's got the face of a story. Well, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Is that I think we all have kind of different exposures to sure. mm-hmm. the type of evangelism that they're talking about in this article uh, from our youths. Mm-hmm. So it might be kind of interesting to compare and contrast yes. what, what you got. happened to us. Well, let's start by comparing you. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I think, so I grew up Presbyterian, which is not, it's evangelical technically, but not maybe quite as like all the way. You're in still, main, you're still considered mainline mainstream Protestant. Yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, I did try to convert my best friend neighbor when i was like eight years nice. old okay excellent yes and what i what was your strategy did you oh, did you walk the road or did you going to hell nailed it <laughs> I yes. was like, Man, that's I probably really one like of our you. misconceptions here <laughs> like, <laughs> listen yeah. eight-year-old friend yes. did you know you're gonna go to hell right yeah. she is still one of my best friends yeah so we still going to hell though probably yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, we, you know, worked through it. But that experience taught me a <laughs> lot. <through> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's amazing what telling someone that they're going to hell as an eight-year-old can I know. I'm so mortified by that. But That seems reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have been evangelized, too, a lot more than I evangelized because I grew up in a Lutheran church. Which, ah, so, yeah, so you're our evangelism was right on par with what we were talking about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was not typically my strategy. But, uh, yeah, I remember being in college and having uh, various... 
you know, once they found out that you're like at all interested in anything churchy, then all of the various religious groups show up at your dorm room mm-hmm. and sure. want you to be a part of them. And yeah, the number of people who like sat in my room and uh, told me that my baptism wasn't valid or told me that yep. I needed to come and do this thing or what I was like, I don't think this is what you think it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because I, I was also a religion major, right? So I had a pretty good sense of what I was doing and you know, what this sure, whole faith, yeah. like I wasn't like an outsider, like who didn't know anything. I was like, I don't, mm. did I you don't let them know you were a religion major or did you just kind of yeah. let them? No, I told them I was a religion major. I told them I grew up in a church. I told them I was baptized as an infant and like had been, you that's know, it right there. Yeah, that's the sticking like, point. Oh, that yeah. doesn't count. That's not real. I was like, yeah, you, my dude Fake. can go home, <laughs> <laughs> get out my room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I've shared this before on the podcast, but I, uh, we went, you know, through evangelism training with like the <laughs> Billy Graham crusade. Nice. And I did walk, you know, walk some strange, uh, another teenage kid when I was a teenager, like through there, you know, these are the steps to accept Jesus into your heart. Like mm-hmm. at a, at a crusade thing, you know, so like. So like, steps. so this kid was like just a stranger on the street or like what happened here? How was, how did you He meet? was, he was there. Like I went through training and okay. I went to this, the crusade. Okay. And he went to the crusade and then there's, you know, the altar call or like raise I your gotcha. hand okay, yeah, yeah. if you want more information. <laughs> and so like in my station, this kid raised his hand. And they're saying hand. just as I am. Yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. so I took, you know, we're like, hey, let's go talk. And yeah. we walked through their pamphlet together. Excellent. So Step like, one. <laughs> Tell that's, me all your that's sins. That's pretty hardcore. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Like so I I did that. You know, we walked we walked the Roman road, so yeah. to speak. You know, we went through all the the stuff. So what I appreciate about that is it's like a low threat entry into evangelism, right? Because this person came to you. He saying, raised his hand. I yeah. want yeah. I want to know more. Yeah. You didn't walk up to the stranger in the mall or to your best friend and be like, listen, I got something <laughs> I gotta tell you. <laughs> You're going to hell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah. Tough love. It is, you a, know? it is a cool experience, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that—that that is, you know, there you go. That's it's out there. Yeah. Evangelism there. So you know, I had that experience. You know, so interesting stuff. Yeah. What do uh like when we think of evangelism now? What do what do we like? What do we think it actually is, means? So I get door to door people every now and again. Yeah. I think they're Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh huh. You know, they're more com- more committed to that in our area. Sure. So, you know, that's definitely you know. A form of evangelism, mm-hmm. right? Like they're yeah. coming to my door. They want to talk about stuff. I'm always like, I'm a church worker. I'm like, can I share this thing in Matthew? And I'm like, like, Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know the thing in Matthew. I don't yeah. like, I don't like, obviously I don't want this to continue. But, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it'd be rude of me to say no. Yeah, I'm also polite. Yeah, yeah. So I have heard from a Mormon source that if you ask the Mormons that come to your door to do like household chores for you, they have to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's for free. <laughs> that seems like taking advantage of the situation. Well, <laughs> They're taking they advantage on your door, of my you know? politeness. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take advantage of theirs, right? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that definitely brings up that, you know, aspect of evangelism, seeing like the Mormon guys on their bikes mm-hmm. and the matching shirts, mm-hmm. you know, kind of going door to door. And, you know, I doubt that that that, um, that does a lot evangelism-wise sure. to get people to join the Mormon church. You don't think they have a high success rate? I don't. <laughs> but I do think they have a, a high success rate in getting those 19-year-olds like yeah. committed to the Mormon church sure. yeah. by and doing it. Yeah. Like by, and sometimes even by failing at it. Yeah. Like it, it, it drives them inwardly towards this is my community. They all get how we went out there and we were rejected, and then we have to, you know, kind of like connect back to yeah. one another. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine that's actually the lion's share of the uh, goal. Mm-hmm. For them if you talk to the leadership, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, 
It might be like a, it's not a bug, but a feature kind of a thing. Right. Of like, we're not saying that's what we're doing yet, yeah. but that's, right. it works. It's kind of what we're saying. Well, let's get into our misconceptions. Let's do it. Number um, one. Number one. Or is this like a reverse where we start at number five? Counting down. Oh, counting yeah, like what, what is the biggest, what's the best misconception? <laughs> I'm trying to get to one. The goal is to just get people to salvation. Okay, so that is a misconception. Misconception. So when we do evangelism wrong, we think that we're just getting them to salvation. It's your conception. Hey. <laughs> that's what kind of quality podcast did you get after five years? Five years, baby. <laughs> I don't know why that just hit us all. It doesn't write it. Misconception. It's, it's <laughs> All right. So anyway. Right, so what do you think about that? The goal is you to just get us to people to salvation. You have something else to add? No, I was going to ask him to repeat it, but I just I couldn't get it out. All right, the goal is just to get people to salvation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is a misconception. I think that's... Uh, man. It's... It's really hard to, to think about this place where you enter into a conversation and your sole purpose in this conversation is I need to change your mind. And right, and, and sometimes we think about that even of like I have you know five minutes, ten minutes, whatever, and if I don't change your mind in that, then I'm cutting bait and, and moving on. And I, I think that when we enter into the conversation with that kind of goal, it's not valuing the relationship or really even valuing the human being that's standing in front of us. Yeah, that's my sort of core hangout with evangelism, I think. At least evangelism it as we think about it as a sure. modern church, right? Sure. Um, is that sort of approaching somebody from a place of, ooh, I'm going to change what you believe. I need you yeah. to change something fundamentally. Um, and, you know, we're kind of mulling over that the, the world looks a lot different than, now than it did uh, mm-hmm. in Empire. Um, right. The news is out there, in right? In yeah, aqueducts. <laughs> no, 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 more, they had no, those. They had no those. more aqueducts. Yeah. We just we can flush now. Yeah, yeah right. big deal. Flushable plumbing. Yeah, <laughs> what a great time to be alive. <laughs> um, but like the news is out there, right? Like it's yeah. been spread. Anybody can do basically anybody can do a quick Google search on Christianity and Jesus and kind of find out what that's about. Mm-hmm. So to me, that begs the question. And I'm saying this a little bit facetiously, but you know, trying to really examine this. What yeah. is the point? Of evangelism. Yeah. Sure. I think it's a really important question for us to ask. And for me, one of the purposes of evangelism is because what you can find about Christianity when you Google it uh, is not always great. <laughs> and I would say not always true, right? Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of misconceptions out there about uh, who Jesus is and what uh, Jesus is for and what Jesus is against and what Jesus wants you to be for and against or whatever that matter, right? So part of like when I think of evangelism from a Lutheran perspective, mm-hmm. it's me standing in a space and saying, this is not, like, what you are talking about is Jesus is not the God that I have come to know and understand through reading the, the scripture and through my relationship yeah. with uh, Jesus and with the church. Yeah. And so how do I, you know, how do we find ways to share share that? I think there's also an element of evangelism that actually can allow us to be ecumenical, uh, right? And by ecumenical, we mean uh, working across uh, boundaries of faith right? mm-hmm. and denomination and saying like, look, uh, we have really different understandings of how we come to this certain conclusion. So let me tell you, uh, let me tell you the story of why I come to this place that I am. And my goal in this conversation, right? If I'm doing ecumenical work with uh, our Jewish neighbors or anything like that, like my goal is not to convince a rabbi to become Christian and join my sure. church, right? Yeah. My goal is to say this is where I'm coming from. Let me tell you the story of where I'm coming from, so that you understand where I am. 
Um, and then let's find ways to work together, right? That's the whole reason that Word of Life is part of uh, Interfaith Ministries of the Woodlands, uh, is that we work across faiths and across boundaries in mm -hmm. order to care for really immediate needs in our community that need yeah. to be addressed. That, like, regardless of uh, whether you only uh, take the Hebrew Scriptures or you take the full New Testament or you read the Quran or you read something else, right? Regardless of that, you look around and you say, hey, people need help staying in their homes. People need mm -hmm. to be fed. People need to be uh, cared for. And like, how do we partner together to do that? Yeah. And sometimes evangelism can help us do that when we're not entering with this goal, right? If I enter that conversation with this goal of, I'm gonna get this rabbi to believe in Jesus, then that partnership is never gonna happen. And at the end of the day, people are still gonna be hungry and in need of help. Yeah, and I will say like even as somebody who is all the way a Christian, it can be hard for me to find- um, You say that with such conviction. <laughs> all the way, I'm all, all the way. way. I'm, I'm all the way. Yeah, but it can be hard for me to find like material and literature and stuff that lines up with like, Oh, yeah. you know what I believe, you know, yeah. even as a Christian, it's there's so sure. much out there that I'm like, whoa, that took a steep turn, and yeah. then yeah. you know what I would call the wrong direction. Um, so like, there's kind of that aspect of it. That there's like, so much out there, and so much from different perspectives, yeah. right, sure. and with different angles in mind. Um, to me, kind of, I think that if I'm starting from a place, I tend to this is you know a very I think personal thing but if I'm starting from a place of a theology that you know of restoration right that God mm -hmm. is ultimately merciful yeah. um, then I tend to not buy into a lot of hell doctrine um, sure. and so then how I approach evangelism right and the point of evangelism is to me it's about spreading hope for people yeah. here and how can I make your life better yeah yeah well I mean you know the you know we have billboards in Houston some of the pop up you know so mm -hmm. like where would you go if you died tonight? Yeah. And that, you know, I think that starting there mm -hmm. is certainly a, a, a strong myth. Even if you have a hell doctrine as part of your theology, mm -hmm. yeah. like if this is, you know, ultimately evangelism is rooted in the good news, like the threat of eternal hell isn't really good is news. Yeah. No. Like, you know, starting there is not really like, oh, tell me yeah. more. Interesting yeah. choice. <laughs> like, I feel loved right. you know like, you know so you know he kind of rephrases like what happens when you wake up tomorrow that question mm. instead <laughs> so i think it, it's more of like how can i tap into what are your hopes your dreams your goals what are you engaging with and how can i share the good news of jesus within those hopes yeah. dreams goals and things like that um so you know i guess like why do we do this i think one it is good news, and mm -hmm. we should want to share good news with those around us. And two, Jesus does tell us to do this. I mean, this is not, he's pretty clear. Like, this is what the church should be doing. Yeah. And it doesn't act, it doesn't necessarily reach an end point where Jesus says, until this time, right. and then you're good. So, and what does that look like? I'm sure it looks different across the ages, and we're figuring that out. What does it mean to do that in the internet age? Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. Um, all right, are we good there? Do we want to go to a new misconception? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, that's number two. We have to defend Jesus. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so, I think you've lost the point if you feel like you need to defend Jesus. Well, yeah, particularly if you're entering it. Like, so when I think of evangelism, let me kind of clarify this, right? The evangelism that I imagine is someone like, I'm walking up to you in order to share my faith. Mm -hmm. And so if I walk up into this conversation and I already think I have to defend Jesus when mm -hmm. I'm entering into this conversation with yeah. this person that I may or may not actually even know, like, Man, I'm just like, how is that ever going to be successful? Well, you're, you're, yeah, you're assuming they're an adversary. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the the first assumption. And and my personal stance, right? Even if somebody comes at me and says like Jesus did this or da 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 or you know start like, I feel very little pull to feel like I have to defend anything, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oftentimes, right. Particularly when people are talking about the Roman Empire or the Crusades or whatever, right? They're, they're drawing on historical fact of things that the church has done that were not great. And I can be like, yeah, you're right. And this kind of gets back to what we were talking about earlier, right? That there's so many uh, incorrect understandings of who Jesus is and what Jesus is about that it's much more interesting for me to find out who they are talking about, who they think Jesus is, and not try to defend that yeah. rather mm-hmm. than saying, you're right, I, I don't believe in that Jesus yeah. either, right? Like yeah. that. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. Like, that is not a God. The God you don't believe in is I, also the God no, I don't believe right, in. Right, yeah. And I, don't think, yeah. yeah. And I think that, that that matters, yeah. I think, and also, if we think we have to defend Jesus, I think that maybe limits us to think, like, well, mm. if they ask blank, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. And so I'm not ready. Like, I can't. Yeah. I cannot yeah, I do this because they might ask me a question I don't know the answer to. So, you know, I'm going to... Keep maybe going to church. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll, maybe I'll find an answer one yeah. day, and then I can come back to this. You know, like the reality is, all of us, including faithful believers, mm-hmm. all the way in Christians, have questions about faith and Jesus and God that we do not have the answers to. Yeah, much less the answers of an unbelieving person. Yeah, you know, so like we're already, you know, in our own lives. Yeah, have questions. I don't remember if this is on his list or not, but I think that you just identified another misconception of evangelism. That evangelism, evangelism is, I have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm here to give you all the answers. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. What's the weirdest tract you've ever come across? <laughs> so, I mean, I have looked at the, what I think are commonly called the Chick tracts, are written by a guy named Chick. Oh. So it's oh. not like four <laughs> ladies. That's like, his last name. But, but they... they <laughs> Google them. They're very bizarre. Mm-hmm. They always end in like somebody going to hell, kind of sure. and usually like a devil it. character who's tempting, you know, people away from Jesus yeah. and things like that. You know, through Halloween, through drugs and alcohol, through Halloween, sexual Halloween. promiscuity. Yeah. You know, they're very, you know, Halloween. yeah, Halloween is one of them. So I mean, this is definitely things I have seen. With my own two eyes, Christian's handout. Yeah. Or the fake $20 bill tip. Oh, I hate that one. And then you open it up oh. and like, the real good news is priceless. That makes me so mad. Yeah. That's not helping. Just so but you know. Now you owe me $40 for that. <laughs> but a waiter or waitress does not look at that and be like, tell me more. Right. Yeah. They're just like, seriously? They're mad. Yeah. Like, they're angry. You're like, yeah. yeah. This is my job and you're, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ready to move on? Sure. All right. Misconception number three. Beliefs matter more than experiences. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sitting with this one. I think this kind of gets back to his first question, right? Of how do I understand you as a person and what Mm -hmm. your experiences are? And that maybe is more important for me to just like hear your experiences than it is for me to like hear your beliefs. And I'm wondering if that's maybe like what he's driving at here. Yeah. And I think I can get behind that. Uh, so he, he gives this example. So try asking instead if you're having a spiritual okay. conversation, yeah. you know, with somebody. Uh, have you ever had any big spiritual experiences in your life? Mm-hmm. Instead of what do you believe about God and why? Ah, uh, okay. So yeah, like, sure. it's more of like what, what, where, where's your journey? Where's your spiritual journey? Yeah. And using that as kind of a launching point or a conversation starter or a way to engage instead of. Usually, when we talk about like what do you believe about God and why, we're kind of like. 
we're setting the boundary about yeah. things we want to talk about yeah. instead yeah. of what do you have, you know, faith-wise. Yeah. And so I think this opens this up differently, right? Like it's acknowledging you've had spiritual experiences that are very real, very powerful, very important. And even if I disagree with them or even if I don't have those same experiences or the same beliefs attached to them, mm-hmm. they are valuable to you. Yeah. And I think that that matters. I think this author is a closet Lutheran. Um, <laughs> What what I think is interesting about that, right, is that this uh, invites you, as the one who's doing the evangelism, it invites you into um, a much grayer space, right? A a, a space in which there's a lot of uncertainty and which you don't have a clear path that you're going to follow. And particularly if you're being told as an eight-year-old, for example, like that this is what you have to do. Like to be a good Christian, you have to go out and do this. You know, having a clear path and being told like, okay, here's your answer to this question. Here's your answer to this question. Um, that's a lot more comfortable to like have a script and it's a lot harder to go out and like improv uh, and, and you know kind of figure out what the next steps are going to be but that's I think more faithful and I, I think that's what he's kind of inviting us into is like yeah get into a conversation and then find out that their great spiritual experience was being on peyote at Burning Man and then okay think about how your experience uh, of spirituality connects to that and, and you know live into this murkiness because the reality is and this is my own bias showing through here right it if someone has had a spiritual experience, that is a connection to a spiritual realm that is beyond this world, and God is a part of that realm. And it might not be that they had an experience of Jesus, yeah. um, but there are spiritual forces at work. And if you are having a spiritual experience, whether it's on peyote at Burning Man or at communion at Word of Life, there are spiritual forces at work that are allowing you to have that spiritual experience, and we sure. can enter into conversation about that. Sure. I don't know why peyote at Burning Man is my go-to reference, but that's my reference for the <laughs> I think it's because I heard a thing today about all those people who got stuck at Burning Man. Did you guys know? Oh, I think somebody yeah. got stuck at Burning Man. Did you get to ride out with uh, Chris Rock or whatever? So I think they had an incredible experience, actually. She yeah. was posting like videos of her like caviar service and champagne that she just happened to have with them for that. So, yeah, they, they were fine. <laughs> They're okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, this is an important distinction because it's not just like okay we're going to have this intellectual conversation that i'm choosing to have with you that you're not necessarily prepared for and and the and the goal for me is to win this intellectual conversation it's saying and no we want to have an intimate heartfelt conversation where i'm seeking to understand uh and i think that that shifts how we engage with another human being in evangelism in this good news so it's saying like i want to know I want to learn from this other person their spiritual connection that they maybe receive without going to a church. Because mm. maybe there's something there that we can kind of both agree on and both, you know, use to further launch a good news of who Jesus is. Maybe there isn't. I don't know. But, like, it does put the ball in their court. Mm. And I think that, that that is at least a kindness in this kind of conversation, right? Mm. And I think that that matters. Any others? No, that's great. That's good. So, that. number four. Someone must believe before we can invite them into community. Ugh. Yeah. I, hate, I hate this one already. Yeah. I'm so sick of this. Like, yeah, just the whole notion of like, until you believe like us, you can't be part of this. I, I'm yeah. over it. I, just, yeah. I, I have very little patience for it, as you can hear in my voice. Yeah. Right sure. Many of my best friends do not believe anything similar to what I believe. Sure. Yeah. And I love that. Like, yeah. Including Patrick and I. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> We're not best friends. <laughs> Ouch. You more. I need to mold that one. <laughs> Give me a minute. 
Well, I think this one is part of the challenge. When you think of faith community mm-hmm. as an hour of worship on Sunday morning. Sure. And then if that's your faith community, is that hour of worship, and you're going to invite them into your faith community, that's a weird place to go if you're already not kind of curious, sure. at the very least, curious yeah. about <laughs> Jesus, right? Like, so if we're saying, like, hey, invite people into your faith community, like, well, that means invite them to church. It yeah. feels kind of mean to do to somebody. If it really does, like, right? You know? Come sit through this thing. Cause, Cause, I mean, it's great. I love it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. But, yeah, being, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, would I be interested in, you know, going to a Muslim service? Maybe out of curiosity. You yeah. know, out of spiritual curiosity. I'd do it once. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd be interested in doing it once. Yeah. Long-term joining? Maybe. It depends on if you have to, like, Probably be not. interactive in the service. <laughs> like, I don't Am I going to have that. to talk to somebody? Yeah. yeah, I'm not into it. Yeah. Um, so I think this challenges us as Christians and as some of the church, like, how can we redefine community, right? Yeah. Because yeah. if that's community, then, like, yeah, I would not invite a non-Christian or somebody who's not interested in Jesus to come to church with me. That's weird, right? Like, that's yeah. a weird, and that, like, that's a weird, like, in a lot. I got into church. Pastor David, you do the rest. You know, like, you know, so we have to redefine what does community look like or church community. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes comes from how are we sharing life together? What are we like? Yeah. In five years, the point of this podcast, how are we taking this idea of this worshipful community outside of just an hour of worship on Sunday morning? Yeah. You know, so a, that's that's what we have to get to. There was a church this summer that I uh, keep up with on Instagram, uh, and they were inviting their members to have intentional uh, weeks where they invited or months, sorry, where they invited uh, members of their neighborhood together for something like whether that's a backyard barbecue or a, you know a cookout or a ice cream mm-hmm. social, whatever, right? But just invite people in your neighborhood together and get to know your neighbors. And their big push was, do not make this like a secret ploy to bring them to our church, oh, right? Nice. Like yeah. just get to know your neighbor. Like, that's all we're asking you. We don't want you to try to get them here. Like, if you want to have a prayer while you're out there, great, have a prayer. It, but the point is for you to get to know your neighbors. It's not a secret uh, trap to try to get them. And yeah. I think sometimes that's what happens, right? Sometimes you get that invite to, like, the neighborhood backyard barbecue, and then you get there, and it's like, it's actually this person's small group. <laughs> and, and yeah. now we're going to have worship, and yeah. we're going to, you know, baptize you. And I'm like, wait, well, I just wanted a hamburger. And just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, as a youth director, one of the things we do sure. is fun events yep. that are generally easy to invite a friend to. And I'll try not to make those, like, secret, let's secretly get your friends here, yeah. and then we'll whisper to them about Jesus, right? Like, you don't want to whisper to someone who's <laughs> Come to paintball and get baptized. <laughs> you know, like, that's not the goal. But, like, it is, this is part of our community and we want to invite them in. Yeah. And part of the community is we do fun things. We enjoy yeah. one another and we enjoy life. Yeah, yeah. And so I want, you know, I want my kids to see your friends can also be in part of enjoying one another and enjoying life. Yeah. And that could happen in a faith community. So, uh, and maybe, you know, that means friends come to these fun events and maybe one day down the road they're curious to know more. Maybe they're not. But like the goal was not to secretly get them in there. I'm like, Okay, we did our 30 minutes of laser tag. Now here comes the hour sermon. That's right. Great <laughs> job. Yep. Uh, All right. A good strategy. I'm going to take that one. I'm going to take notes. Misconception number five. Okay. We have to simplify the gospel. Man. This is the, the gospel. Oh, it's so rich and deep and wide and messy and complicated and... And also simple, though. It is simple, but, like, 
to make it to like, I think what this is getting at because this has been my experience too is like you know here it's the track right here's the steps and like yeah. that's the gospel right if, if you just walk this prayer if you just do this thing then you're good and then it's like that's not it like that's not the gospel is about so much more it's about waking up the next day and like how is how is having faith in this person of Jesus changing the way you live and interact with the world and so like to think that we need to like simplify that to make it palatable or I don't know that's yeah, I guess that's, this is creating some questions for me, too, of, like, where this idea of having steps to becoming a Christian came from. You know, like, this yeah. whole, like, sure. you have to accept Jesus into your heart. Like, where did that come from? Mm. And I grew up hearing it, you know, but, you know, thinking about that, I don't think that's how faith works at all. Yeah, you know? I don't know where the, the history of the track lies. Yeah. I mean, I would guess yeah. in, you know... No offense, but South, the Southern American culture. Sure. Like, You're not offending me. I don't yeah, but, all the time. And to be clear, not South America, but like the <laughs> yeah. South of yeah. the United States. Yeah, yeah. Bible Belt. That's my guess, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know the history there. I mean, like the early church, you know, the proclamation "repent and be baptized" was yeah. right there. I mean, so like they did have their own kind of like these are the steps, right? These are sure. what you do. That's fair. This moment, if you're interested in knowing about Jesus, now I think. The tract is doing a poor version, maybe. Mm, yeah. But I do think that it is there in the early church. Now, what does that look like to the modern church? I think yeah, that's different. That's a good question. You know, so, but I do think this idea of like, all right, we just got to, you know, we've joked before on this podcast or when we went through the book of Romans, which mm-hmm. is the previous one, you know, we walk that Roman road. So you got to like, one. First one. You're a sinner. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Nailed Two, it. You're uh, going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Three, you know, are the wages of sin is death. You're yep, going to die. Yep, yep. Three, the free gift of eternal life is in Jesus Christ. Nailed it. So, you know, boom, three points. Boom, boom, boom. You're a sinner. You're going to die. Jesus gives you eternal life. Woo. You know, like, you know, and that simplifies the story of Jesus, but it doesn't open up into the excitement, the fullness, and the richness yep. of what it means to be a follower of God. And, like, if that's it, mm-hmm. what are any of us doing anymore at church? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, well, we did that point. I walk the Roman road, I, I connected to the gospel in four parts, and as the only point now is to get other people to connect to the gospel in four parts. Yeah. Then I think that that limits who Jesus is, what Jesus is doing in our world and in our own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, like and so I think, you know, thinking we have to simplify it. You know, I think there's there's a difference between like I want you to hear the main point sure. to thinking the gospel is simple. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I like it. All right, those are his five. All right. I think, uh, yeah, those are strong misconceptions. I think this guy's a closet Lutheran. I think uh, if we uh, did the inverse of those misconceptions, we'd be uh, better off at uh, living out what an evangelical is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go to lunch and put some tracks on the table. Yeah, our, absolutely. Our fake, our fake 20s. Some fake 20s, but that's not the kind of fake 20s. <laughs> you can't afford those. Great. Don't worry about it. That's too much. How much are those are? There you go. I don't have laundered money yet. At least to my knowledge. I don't know. <laughs> you probably do. I definitely have a case of lost them in the pan. Yeah, that's <laughs> Which I did think as a child. It was washing your washing. Yeah. yeah. According to Ozark, that is a part of it. Like that, yeah. yeah. Launder the money. Yeah. In order to make it look different. Like you take brand new money and you make it look used. Yeah. So it's not suspicious. Yeah. So you do launder it. Learn something new every day. I don't think this would always mean. I think there are other ways to do it, but sometimes, yeah. I'm almost done with the first season. I feel a little bit like, so what is my. <laughs>
I think I don't want to know because, like, you know. Whatever. Listen, I have, I have a retirement account, and you know we're invested in whatever. And I'm still like, but what is the stock market? Yeah, well, that's yeah, I get it. Magic doesn't. Mm. Yeah. All right, so evangelism. You know, there is a. I don't know if we won't have time to talk about this today, but there is a push amongst some to drop evangelical from the ELCA. Yeah, I'm sure you know yeah. the word. Evangelical in American culture in 2023 yep. does not yep. quite mean when we when the ELCA started doesn't mean the same thing. Yeah, to our culture. Yeah, uh, whether or not it means the same thing, you know, you know, in Webster's is to be determined. <laughs> but culturally, it does not. And yeah, yeah I'm sure exactly. when people see evangelical in the Church of America, they might have some strong preconceptions sure. about what, what does that mean? beliefs mean. And yeah. we're probably be wrong. Uh, yeah. I came here after the two of you. I'm pretty sure. Like you showed yes. up kind of right before I did. Yeah. You've been here for a while. Yeah. I was skeptical when I like I saw evangelical because I was kind of trying to figure out where I was going to land with stuff, and I was like, "Oh, but there, you know, I'm coming from a like I had been to a Baptist church most recently." Yeah. I was like, oh, no, thank you. Uh, but it's like, but it's evangelical. I don't know how different it's going to be. Yeah, it's not very different. So Turns out, yeah, yeah. Well, we like to be the ELCA, not so much the evangelical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So keep the E and drop the evangelical. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Boys Captain America is now just BSA, right? Just just use the letters. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. We can be the exceptional. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for being with us for these five years. Well done, listeners. This is really, you are the gift to us. We appreciate it. We do this for you, ten of you. We're it's just so thrilled to have you out there. Young boys. Yeah. I don't think I was ever a young boy starting this podcast. You weren't starting this podcast. You didn't start the podcast. You came in by the time we were pre 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 uh, you can find those all at beyondsundaypodcast.com. Send us your uh, favorite Beyond Sunday podcast moments. Uh, we haven't gotten any back yet from our request last week, but there's hope. And I think we're going to make this request a couple weeks in a row, and it can just be a you know, month longs of celebration uh, for the anniversary. So uh, keep those coming in. We'd love to hear your favorite Beyond Sunday moments. Uh, or what was the other thing we talked about at the very beginning? I don't know. It's been a while. There was the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire. That's yeah. right. Yeah. If you think about the Roman Empire a lot, we want to know that too. <laughs> Send those to Beyonce Proudcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyonce.